Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. It is Wing Nation talking sprint car racing, our favorite time of the week, and we are so glad that you have joined us. Aaron Ebernham and Steve Post in the house. We've got a great show for you. Oh, my gosh, we've got Lance Deweese and Jacob Allen. Woo, man. (laughs) Pull up a chair, pop some popcorn. You're going to love this one, that's for sure. Uh, As I mentioned, Aaron Ebernham alongside, how are you? I'm good. Very good. Good. Last week we talked about you were headed to Amelia Island for the judging at the Concours. Um, You saw some uh, historic cars. How did that all go? It was was awesome. I mean, the the show they put on there, which is really like, you know, everyone calls it the Pebble Beach of the East. Uh, The car that they get on the field are unbelievable. And I got to judge my first time. Yeah. How'd the judging uh, go? It went really well. I got to judge with Beth Beretta, you know, the owner of the IndyCar team that uh, Simona DiCivelstro drives for. So that was really neat. I had never spent time with her before. Nice. So that was really, we got along really well. Um, yeah, it was neat. And the, luckily the class I judged wasn't, there was kind of a clear winner and it wasn't so difficult. You didn't have a whole bunch of people hacked off at you fighting and scrapping well, and clawing. I was here, and, so two of the people, Tom Malloy, who's a big person right. in the sprint car world, uh, is mm-hmm. a friend of ours. And another gentleman named George Lyons had another car in the class. And I'm like, oh boy, I know two of these people. This could be. Oh it. yeah. But luckily they both got awards, like equal awards. So it was good. They weren't the, the winner, but they both got class awards, yeah, which was, yeah. so. no, it was really good. I had Kate hand out the awards with me, which she thought. Nice. was great um you know it's it's a fascinating show i mean the amount of ferraris that are there like race cars and they had a great nascar class this year i did mention a sprint car class i was like how about a sprint car class one year really yeah and actually oh. they didn't think it was a horrible idea they're no, like, no that no. would be pretty neat that would be pretty cool to yeah. do that yeah Ooh, so i like get, the way you know, like... sprint cars, Concor, a little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd no, be good. Maybe good. we could, I'll tell you what, you know what else we could do? We could just roll in there with a the stage, bring the Wing Iowa Nation. beer bus. With, see, imagine the Iowa beer bus at Concourse. That'd feel, I that, mean, I feel like it would be popular. It would be popular. You Maybe, might have people wearing their Prada and Gucci and whatnot, but the well, Iowa I'm beer sure, bus. <laughs> I'm sure the Iowa beer bus is used to with Prada and Gucci people. You know what I mean? It's, um, no, it that's awesome. No, that is cool. That is cool. I did. Um, those of you who follow along on my social, I love all forms of racing, you know. So Saturday I was at Florence Motor Speedway, a little asphalt track buddy of mine runs yep. down in Florence, South Carolina. The Smart Modifieds, the Asphalt Modifieds. Uh, man, I loved it. Oh, gosh. I just, just, I had a ball. A lot of it's catching up with people yeah. and friends. And, you know, it's the reunion in motorsports. We always talk about it in sprint car racing, but I think it's actually in motorsports. The reunion goes on forever. Yes. And I think that's awesome. And then uh, Sunday, I went to the place your mama warned you about, Cherokee Speedway. I have really grown 
I always liked them, but I've grown to love dirt late models. Yeah. And and it's kind of like that division that I'm just going to kind of try to keep it where I'm fanboy. You know, yeah. and um, I had a great time, um, you know, Chris Smokey Madden. Uh, we've talked mm-hmm. about Chris a number of times because he's when, when back when Drydeen was working with us yep. on stuff. Uh, he's a Drydeen driver. And uh, old Smokey Madden, I've been down there the last two times I've been down there. He's won on tire strategy. He is a ah. savvy, savvy guy. And I like strategy races. I like yeah. I like um, I like watching people. You know th- this one, the the blue gray one hundred. He won on strategy and taking care of his tires. This one, he saved his tires better than Chris Ferguson, who blew a tire with three laps yeah. to go. So, but uh, great, great weekend. Uh, fired up and uh, really has me fired up for sprint car weekends. I can't wait. I've got yeah. a couple of them lined up. I think there's an April weekend in Ohio on my future. Mm. So going up there. So fun stuff. That's for sure. Uh, we hope you got out and enjoyed your weekend with uh, whatever you chose to do, uh, auto racing or or elsewise. Um, the Hepta Racing product, Hot Topics, um, the Speed Palace opened up, and um, Lance Deweese, the Dream Team, continues. <laughs> um, we're going to talk to Lance, uh, and I'm going to ask him about this, actually. 120 Port Royal wins. That You're is. kind of sitting here just like, oh, okay, that's cool, that's cool. And then you all of a sudden realize that the all-time win leader at Port Royal is Keith Kaufman yep. with 129, a number that for years nobody thought would ever, ever. be surpassed. And, 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 and Lance is going to have to work. It's, it's you yep, know, I nine, mean, nine wins at nine Port wins Royal, Port Royal is tough, and especially when you run a part-time campaign yeah. like they do. But, but you wonder, someone like Lance, is that, is it a goal? I mean, it well, has to be. yeah, yeah. Look at look at what happened at Williams Grove last year when they yeah. found themselves in August in the point lead. All of a sudden, it's like let's change our plans. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. It's interesting stuff. So Lance Dewey's picked up the win there. Um, I love and and um, I think it was Jeremy Elliott did a really really mm-hmm. nice piece on it for Sprint Car Unlimited on Anthony Macri. Um, and we love Anthony Macri, but when you look at Anthony's career. Um, he's kind of a big half mile yeah. guy. Yeah, you know, he's always good at port. Sealands Grove, uh, West Virginia Motor Speedway. He finally got a Grove win, but the short tracks he struggled a little yeah. bit. Now he does have he's got three he had three Lincoln wins, but him and Jim Shuttlesworth, and I think this is where it's really good to have that driver crew chief combination. Yeah, him and Jim Shuttlesworth, they've been working on the short track program. They went to East Bay. Um, they had good results, but really it was like to work on this. Yeah. Um, last week at Lincoln, they went from 12th to 3rd, which is good. Uh, this week he picked up the win. Yeah. Fourth win at Lincoln, but uh, he said it was the best car he's had. So um, I like that. I like seeing that. I like to see people advance. Um, Carson Macedo, um, Cotton Bowl Speedway prior to Saturday night. <laughs> three visits, one destroyed car, two flips in one night, zero top 10 finishes. Yeah. He changed that all yeah. around. Um, scored the big win on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, Carson described that one last year. He flipped <laughs> twice as one of the worst nights of his career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved his comments after the race. I did too. Uh, out in California, I didn't have this in my notes, but I wanted to jot this down. Mitchell Facinto picked up the ride in the Tom Tarleton 21. Mm-hmm. When you pick up that ride, you better win. Well, he did. Yeah. Uh, $5,700 at um, Silver Dollar Speedway, and they're one that are licking their chops mm-hmm. uh, for what's going on with the world of outlaws. And finally, Nick Berry picked up the win. Sprint cars on ice, the Lake Region's Ice Racing Club in Moultonboro, New Hampshire. It was his back-to-back championship on the Lash Key Club. This is in, in the, we, they sent us pictures, so we retweet yeah. them on Twitter. This is the ice racing sprint cars. Yeah. Nuts, nuts, crazy, nuts. 
Um, so congratulations to Nick Berry. He was the 2021 champ for the series as well. Um, so there you have it. Our Hepner Racing Product Hot Topics. Hepner Racing Products HRP Wings are the original reset wing manufacturer. They use wind tunnel and track performance testing to outpace the industry in design, in innovation, and in functionality. Yep, and not only sprint cars, but lightning sprints, micros, and junior sprints. And you can have them shipped across the world and can be economically ground shipped to your door www.hrpracing.com. That's hrpracing.com. Stay with us. Lance DeWeese joins us next. Sage Fruit is a premium grower, packer, and shipper of Washington tree fruit. Apples, pears, and cherries, and it's always an exceptional eating experience, and they're grown in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Not only is their produce healthy, but they are grown with such care and precision that you can count on each piece of fruit having exceptional flavor. High-quality fruit, exceptional flavor, healthy snacking. Make sure when you go to your local grocery store, ask for Sage Fruit. Sage Fruit, it's our first choice for quick and easy snacking. Circle B Diecast is the new diecast outlet from Plan B Sales. What started as Lionel and Chase Authentics Apparel Distributor has grown into the largest distributor of diecast and now includes Auto World Greenlight Collectibles, Brand Art, Sandbass Artwork, and University of Racing Lines. They have a huge inventory. The folks at Circle B Diecast love racing and support drivers like Kyle Larson, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Christopher Bell, and many others with sponsorships and partnerships. And on orders over $20, use promo code MRN for free shipping. Check them out, CircleBDieCast.com. It is Wing Nation. Let's go to the Sage Fruit Hotline. The man that spent some time on the front stretch, not on the front stretch, but on the stage above the front stretch at the Speed Palace, Port Royal, picking up his seventh opening day winner. Lance DeWeese joins us on the Sage Fruit Hotline. Hello, Lance. Welcome back to Wing Nation. Well, thanks for having me. Lance, getting the season off with a win. How important is it? How good does that feel for you guys? Well, it feels really good. You know, it's always nice to get a win early and you know, our first time out to get a win. You know, with, our, with our limited schedule, we need to try to get as, as many wins as we can as quickly. So um, it was really good. Um, we probably didn't have the best race car. I think Mike Wagner had the best race car. But, you know, sometimes traffic don't go your way and we were good enough to get by him and hold on. Lance, you certainly have those day shows figured out at Port. What is the surface like? You know, I've watched them on Flow Racing in, in different times. It seems like it's abrasive, kind of rubbers down, but it's not like lockdown rubber. What it, What is it like, and how do you strategize for that? Well, Sunday was a little weird because it was, it was really dry, um, and it was um, had a wet, rough spot out in middle one and two. It was... Um, and it built a curb, and actually while I was running third, I packed the right rear wheel trying to use the curb, and it really, when you used the curb in the middle of the corner, it really shot you off and down the back stretch. If you weren't on it, you it was kind of hard to get down the back stretch then because it was so slick, but um, it started rolling up so bad you couldn't run run it right then. Mm-hmm. And um, I moved off after I packed the wheel, and we got a lap traffic, and I snuck by um, – Justin Pack and then snuck by Mikey and um, got to the lead and got a good rhythm going. Then we we had a red and it it's you know I felt all right, but then they cut the curb down under the red, so I wasn't too happy about that. But no, it 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 was a little bit more abrasive than normal on Sunday, Aaron. But yeah. it still never really rubbers up and locks down. It it 
since they reclaimed this place years ago, it probably once or twice in the last seven years, it's rubbered up. Hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing how that goes. That's for sure. Now, Lance, um, you guys, uh, and, and I think you had posted something about this, or, or I read it somewhere. Uh, maybe Jeremy Elliott had it. You guys went and tested there on Saturday, but when you left Saturday, you guys, you guys were a little down in the dumps. What types of things? Maybe not the specifics, but were there? What types of things did you work on overnight? Well, we we were there, and it was really slick, and you know that's normally you know what we're good in, and. We just couldn't fix the race car, and they kept changing it around, and they make it a little better, and they just couldn't fix it. And, and David didn't understand it, and Donald didn't understand it. And then when we got back to the race shop that night, Donald kind of found something that was wrong with it and ah. fixed it for the next day. Then then the next day, we we a lot better right from the start. I mean, we're still not where we need to be, um, but um, we were a lot better than what we were the day before, you know, so yeah, it just it was one the just it was a simple thing that was just wrong. So they found it. You know what I mean? Well, there thank you. goodness you found it on Saturday and, and, and went and did that, because that would have ruined your Sunday. Lance, talk about getting a, a win in the season opener for you guys. Uh, you know, it's certainly not your your first rodeo this year or another season coming around. But how important is that to start off on a good note? Just get that first win and get the ball rolling. Well, it's always good. Uh, it you know the morale of the teams up. Um, Davey's, you know, I, I think Davey's a little bit more pumped up this year than what he was last year. He, he just wants to go racing. Um, I think he got bored over the winter. Um, <laughs> so, um, it was great. Um, it was great to get the win, you know, win our first time out is really good. You know, it's like I said earlier, you know, with our limited schedule this year, you know, you know, we need to win them as much as we can. So, you know, to get the first one in the first race is nice and, um, yeah, so hopefully, you know, this coming Sunday, we can put ourselves in position for another one if Mother Nature lets us. There we go. Williams Grove opener this Sunday. I wanted to ask you about this, and, and I found the race fascinating because it was you and Mike Wagner. Someone posted about it. It was good to see the kids out playing uh, at Port Royal up at the front of the field, you and Mike. When you have someone like Mike that you've raced at, raced with for so many times, do you do you kind of sense some tendencies and some things that you, you probably know from Mike that you may not know from from like a Justin Peck that you haven't raced as much with? Are there things like that that you can kind of apply as you go into a battle like that? Yeah, and um, that's probably where I I made a mistake during the race a little bit. There is, I really didn't realize who was still if Mikey was still second. Um, I should have looked over the scoreboard and um, I knew he was second. You know when we had the red, but. After that, I didn't know he was second still, and um, I kind of wasn't running one and two very good, and I wasn't very good in one and two, and um, I just really didn't know where to run down there. And if I'd known Mikey was still second late in the race, I, I would have changed where I was running, you know, if, if, compared to if it was Justin Peck running second. Um, so I kind of was, I kind of was blocking both lanes in one and two. But, just kind of run the middle a little bit and yeah because i really um that was our corner that we weren't very good in all night and um and that's normally our good corner so um we had some work to do there with that but um if it, if i realized it was mikey still running second i might have moved down a little bit more because that's where he gained ground on me was run run down lower than what i was and wanted to 
I was going to ask you about the lines you were running because watching watching the race, when you got by those guys, you'd get a really good run on them on the bottom and you come off the corner strong. But then when you got out front, you, you kind of ran that middle line. So I was going to ask that. So you a little bit of a, a blocking game? Well, I just, Aaron, we just weren't very good. I mean, what, I, I mean, compared to what we normally are. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure where to run. And, you know, by myself, I can carry momentum. I can make mile per hour easier by myself and yeah. I can float the middle and I just didn't feel comfortable especially in one and two anywhere of doing anything even when I ran the bottom um you know when I rewatched the race you know I realized by rewatching it I was better on the bottom mm-hmm. but it didn't feel that way to me you know what I mean it just mm-hmm. didn't feel like it was I felt too slow down there so that that's why I was trying to run the middle but one time I hit it okay. Next time I'd, I'd slide across the corner too much. And um, so it just was one of those deals. I just didn't feel right there. And um, so we had some wind going on at Port Royal, which normally we don't get affected a whole lot by the wind. But on Sunday we did. So I don't know if that was doing something with the cars. It was in three and four, but I don't know if it was doing something one, two, and I really didn't. I knew it was in three and four, but one, two, I really couldn't tell if that was the wind or just the car. Mm. You watch the race afterward, Lance. How critical, how much detail do you put into being crit- critiquing your your driving? A lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> like, I mean, the, there's not a race I don't watch of mine. Um, don't mind if I win it, lose it, whatever. The only one I didn't watch was for 50. It took me three months before I watched it. Um, but all the other ones I'll watch as soon as it's available for me to watch. And, you know, Flo's very good at having them up really quick to, to rewatch them. Dirt Vision takes a little bit longer on their stuff to, re, to replay them. But um, I, I watch them pretty quickly. And, um, yeah, we um, – Donald will um, rewatch the race too. Um, and then they'll show it to Davey if they – yeah, if they think they see something with the car, they'll they'll show it to Davey. Then um, we we've been doing that for years, um, ever since I've been in the car. Yeah, you know I mean, um, you know, we have flow on in the in the trailer. We we've, we've done that from day one when I was in the car. Um, we'd have flow or dirt vision, whoever had it on in the trailer while we we're racing. Um, for two things, mainly to help with them guys to keep an eye on the track, you know, but to see what's going on, but I rewatch everything. Why did you not watch the Tuscarora 50 for three months? I was still pissed off. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I figured that was the answer, and I didn't really mean to pull at the scab here, but I was just, uh, no. yeah, okay, that makes total sense. That's... Yeah, I mean, because I, I felt like, I mean, there was things I did wrong in the race at the end that might have, you know, cost me the win. But in my mind, if we wouldn't have had our issues, if I could have just got a clean helmet on, um, I, I think that was our race and we would want it. But yeah, it wasn't. You know, Logan was really good. He he was there to take advantage of it when we weren't as good as we needed to be, and he passed me. So um, I don't take nothing from nobody, but um, I wasn't very happy with that race, and it took me a long time to watch it. Wow. Interesting. 
You mentioned that Davey's really excited to get the season going, which I think is just so awesome. We've talked to Donald earlier this year. Talk about this season coming up. I mean, expectations. You guys have always run so well together, but do you sit down at the beginning of the season and have specific goals? Is one of your goals to become the all-time win holder at Port Royal? Like, Do you sit down and have goals, or do you guys just take one race at a time and try to win as many as you can? We just take one race at a time, and um, when that one's over, we worry about the next one. Yeah. Now, we, you know, as everybody knows, our program's built around the big shows and, and the year shows. You know, mm-hmm. that's what we work on. You know, and, um, you know, we, we don't really have goals. You know, we don't sit down and talk about goals, but mm-hmm. I think realistically we don't need to because our goals are all the same. Yeah. Is to win when we're the next race we're at. If we don't win that one, we try to figure out why we didn't and improve on it for the following one. But we don't we don't dwell dwell on the past. You know, I mean, we just yeah you know, we try to figure out and learn from it. But we don't you know good or bad. We don't really um, you know worry about it a whole lot. So Sunday was your one hundred and twentieth win at the Speed Palace. We've been sitting around watching, thinking that Keith Kaufman with 129 was something that likely we would not see. And I know you're going to acknowledge, you've got a lot of work to do to get there, but you're within 10 now of Keith Kaufman. Is, is it on your, is it, is it somewhere on your radar screen, Lance? Well, yeah, it's on the radar screen. It was on the radar screen last year a little bit. I think, I think, um, Donald would like to see me get to that, that mark. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a hard time believing we could do it this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because we don't – we race enough races there, but we'd have to win a lot of them. <laughs> and, you know, I'm a realist. It's it's hard to win. You know, we do pretty good at winning, you know, around 30% to 33% of our races a year. So um, to do that and get nine more, that I probably need to get into 60 70% range of winning. So – and that's just – that's very hard, and that's you know, you know, not impossible, but realist that it don't happen. Yeah. I mean, there's just too many good cars, and you know, all the races we run there are, you know, the better paying shows, the bigger shows, which have better fields yet. So, um, yeah, it, it's you know, it's it's a number, just like the Grove 100. Um, but until we get a lot closer to me, that's what it is. It's just a number. I do um, like how you said that you don't have goals, but you, you know, you like to win 30, you usually win 30 to 33%, <laughs> and you're hoping to win, it'd be nice to win 60 to 60%. I love that. You don't really have goals, but in the back of your mind, you have expectations. Well, yeah, we have expectations. <laughs> I mean, if we, yeah, we run 30 some shows and we win four shows this year, we, we'd be very upset. Yeah. Probably. Um, yep. Yeah. If we run 30 some shows and win 12, we're going to be pretty happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, we've averaged nine to ten a year, roughly. Um, you know, so you know, for our limited schedule, you know, it's pretty good. And um so, you know, we have we have goals. You know, our goals <laughs> is just be as yeah. competitive as we can and try to win races. Um, you know, I've I've tell tell everybody this before. You can have the best race car in the world and not win the race. Mm-hmm. You can have a fifth-place car and put yourself in the right position and win the race. You know, yeah. uh, Sunday's a perfect example. I think Mike Wagner, by far, had the best race car there all day long. Ran second. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? Just it's part of racing. You know, you see it in the Cup Series. You see it in Whatever. all types of racing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not necessarily fastest race car wins the races. So it's all about putting yourself in position and um, taking advantage of it when you're there. Mm-hmm. Well, Absolutely. you did it, and you you got the win on uh, Sunday, and uh, we're off and running here on uh, the 2022 season. Lance, I know we'll talk to you down the road for sure, but uh, thanks for the time today, and we wish you the best on Sunday at Williams Grove for their opener. Well, hopefully Mother Nature, they're yeah. calling for snow tomorrow Ooh. up here now. So we went from 70s on Sunday to snow on Wednesday and Thursday. So hopefully we don't get it, and the you know, weatherman's not – not right a lot, so hopefully he's wrong again and right. we get to race on Sunday. Guy needs to be wrong this time. When you need him to be wrong, he yep. needs to be wrong. There you go. Lance, thank yeah. you. You got it. Thanks, bud. Thanks a lot, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. If, if you are a young racer, if you are a middle-aged racer, and I don't mean middle-aged age-wise, if you've been doing it yeah, for a few years, career. or you are a veteran racer, if you are not taking the approach that Lance DeWeese is taking, that's why he's whooping your butt. Yeah. I mean, from the from the the analyzing the car in the test session and going back and breaking it down to watching video of Great. yourself to to knowing that we win thirty percent of our races. Yeah. I mean just to making sure you're watching flow or dirt vision or whatever streaming. Absolutely. Yeah, unreal. Race. It really mm-hmm. is cool. I mean, it's just unreal. I love, love chatting Me with too. him and listening to him the way he breaks things down. Yes. And 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 how terrible they were on Sunday at uh, Port Royal. Yeah, really. You know, yeah, I mean, no. Yeah, we were. I didn't know where to run. I'm like, it yeah, certainly didn't exactly. look like that. It didn't look like it, yeah. Race fans, you're probably tired of car insurance ads with, like, talking animals or whatever. At Root Insurance, they do car insurance differently. Their app gives you smarter rates where your actual driving is the number one factor. Good drivers end up saving money, big money, up to $900 a year, and that's not too shabby. Maybe you'll miss the talking critters, but Root Insurance doesn't need a mascot to save you money. Root, for good drivers, over 1.5 million drivers insured, download the Root app today. We need to step away. When we come back, Jacob Allen joins us. Just like racing components, Aggressive Hydraulics purpose-builds hydraulic cylinders to perform for customer-specific applications. They design and manufacture mobile-style, single-stage cylinders, as well as multi-stage telescopic cylinders. It's a no-one-size-fits-all approach with Aggressive Hydraulics. Hydraulic solutions for virtually every industry that uses hydraulic cylinders. They proudly design and manufacture all cylinders in the United States. Check out the video of their story at AggressiveHydraulics.com. Sage Fruit is a premium grower, packer, and shipper of Washington tree fruit. Apples, pears, and cherries, and it's always an exceptional eating experience, and they're grown in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Not only is their produce healthy, but they are grown with such care and precision that you can count on each piece of fruit having exceptional flavor. High-quality fruit, exceptional flavor, healthy snacking. Make sure when you go to your local grocery store, ask for Sage Fruit. Sage Fruit, it's our first choice for quick and easy snacking. Continuing on here, let's go right back to the Sage Fruit Hotline. Joining us from somewhere between here and there. <laughs> in the desert. Um, the, the World of Outlaws stars are headed west. And uh, Ashley and I talked to Sheldon yesterday. He was going through Border Patrol. 
and Vado, New Mexico. Uh, let's go back to the hotline, the Sage Fruit Hotline, and find out where in the world Jacob Allen is. Hello, Jacob. Welcome back to Wing Nation. Hello. Thanks for having me. All right. So where are you at and what are you doing? <laughs> I, I already know a little bit of the answer here. Where are you at and what are you doing? I'm just uh, a little bit west of Needles, California. Uh, just stopped at this little truck stop to fill up with some fuel. Got a pulled over here on the side of the road. Me and Hannah are making some burritos for some breakfast, and then we're going to head on our way to Visalia. Very nice. So, Jacob, the season's been off to a, a strong start. Quick time Friday night. You've got a top five uh, on, in the season. What are your thoughts on, on how things are going so far? Uh, I think they're going, you know, pretty good. I mean, I think there's some good speed. Um, I just think in the future time I'd like to be right there um, a little bit better. I think I've had um, legitimate shots to win pretty much almost um, or be in a position to win um, almost every night so far this year. And uh, the biggest thing is just capitalize on those good starting spots and um, win win these races. So um, I haven't um, you know, I'm proud of how it's going, but I'm also not proud that I've been in the positions that I have been, and I haven't been able to pick off a win or get on the podium. Five races, four qualifying efforts inside the top six. Is that something, Jacob, that you have spent time working on over the uh, over the course of your career? Uh, I don't know, man. I just think that, you know, in – my position, um, like a personal position, like how I came about being on the World of Outlaw Tour, just takes some time, you know. Um, you know, it takes time to understand how World of Outlaw Racing goes and the lifestyle of being on the road. And, um, you know, it just takes a lot of mature, maturing. And, you know, I didn't come into World of Outlaw Racing with, like, you know, tons of funds and, you know, the life you know, the, the, the team aspect of it with the cars and the motors and, and stuff like, you know, that wasn't all built up. And, and then, you know, the lifestyle uh, part of it is a whole other side of it. You know, we had things of breaking down toters and just all kinds of different stuff that, you know, just makes it a little bit stressful. So I think, uh, you know, at 27, I think I'm starting to feel like the pieces to, to my personal puzzle are coming together. And, um, you know, I just, hopefully that reflects on my racing, uh, all throughout the year. So you're, you're 27. And I think I read that this is your ninth full season. That's pretty incredible. You're still really young with a really, a lot of years ahead of you. Are you content with where you're at as far as your career? I know, like you just said that you're learning. And of course, every race car driver wants to say, no, I wish I had won a gazillion races by now. But overall, you sound like you're content and happy with the direction you're headed in. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, I feel happy uh, um, with where I'm at uh, mentally on on where I'm heading. And um I think that that confidence should take me a long way and I have a lot of high expectations for myself. I'm not super proud of like a lot of my statistics or results or things like that throughout those nine years. Um, but I think that's just cause I have expectations for myself and, um, you know, I just think it just takes a lot of time. You know, I don't think that me personally just 
could have gone in the world of outlaw racing and and be this superstar right off the bat. I mean, I just didn't really grow up at the racetrack and and I just grew up very differently than a lot of people I race with at on this level. So, um I think it's great that I have all those years on the road and I'm young and I I think that there's a lot of uh promising things for me uh this season. I, I agree. I agree. The, the 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 numbers are certainly looking up, and the experience is going to help you pay dividends. I want to go off the racetrack. One of the things you and I've chatted about a couple of times. What are you doing fitness wise? What's your what's your routine like now? What's what's caught your interest here? How are you how are you keeping in shape? Uh, I do a few different things. Um, you know, I don't know how many race car drivers listen to this stuff, so I don't like you know like to go too crazy about. It, but I definitely have. Um, a nice fitness program that I think work on certain techniques that that um that you use when you're racing the cars. You know, I think uh, breathing is a huge part of um um you know your racing, and uh, there's a lot of like forearm uh you know strength that's involved. You know, like you know when you're racing, you can have forearm pump and you know, it's a sprint car race, so there's a lot of high intensity and it's very quick. So that's where I think the breathing comes into play. You know, you could, I've, I've ran miles and miles or whatever. And I've noticed, you know, after a heat race that could only last maybe two minutes top, you know, they ask you to do an interview afterwards and you catch yourself out of breath, which is almost like embarrassing because it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm out of breath after only, you know, 10 laps. So I think that there's a, a breathing technique to all that. So I work on all all that stuff, and, um, you know, I feel I feel really good. I feel, you know, every race so far this year in the car, I feel uh, super comfortable, and, uh, you know, I think the things that I'm doing off the track are paying off. Are you doing some sort of, like, high-intensity interval training, something that gets your heart rate up and down to work on your breathing? And I think I saw you doing some, like, fun mountain biking or BMX biking. I don't really know what it was, but it looked like that certainly would help with you're talking about forearm and breathing. Yeah, um, I was just reading some books, like, on some on some athletes and that do high um, or, like, extreme sports, I guess you could say. Yeah. And um, I was reading about, like, their nutrition programs and and – how they rest and how they recover, how they prepare for a big day of racing. And I think that's something that's, um, you know, in sprint car racing, there's not like research or, or things on us drivers, you know, and a lot of sports, there's research on all kinds of different things. So you have a day, you know, where you wake up fairly early, let's say like nine, 10 o'clock and you can be race in, in your, your prime racing time is that like six to 10 o'clock, let's say, well, you have to be up and feeling good during those hours. And I think that that is a big part of your performance. So I just look at, you know, it's nothing cr- crazy on, as far as, uh, training, you know, I just train probably very basic, you know, um, whatever makes me happy. I could do anything. I could run, I could go for a hike or ride my bike or whatever, you know, just something to kind of do some, it's like, I call it like maintenance. And then I think, you know, your recovery on, on getting enough sleep, eating the right kind of foods to fuel your body for, you know, 
big days of racing or long days of working. And I think that all comes into play on, on your performance. Mm-hmm. You sound, okay, I'm going to take a, this is personal to me, okay? You sound, I've had visits with Richard Marshall. Of course, you know Richard Marshall, Priority Aviation. And he got me onto these whoop bands. I'm telling yeah. you, and it, and it manages, it assesses my sleep is the first thing. And I was, I, yeah. I thought I was doing good and I was a disaster on it. And now we're working on stress and recovery and everything like that. But it, it's amazing out there. Do you, do you have tools like that that you use to, to kind of help you assess it? No, I don't have any tools. I, a lot of people really, uh, who, who know me, I'm terrible at like keep my phone charged and, <laughs> you know, just all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I, I just have had a lot of fun in the last like, um, year or like I have a goal to like read a book every month kind of thing and I've been reading a lot of books on like nutrition and things like that and I just try to take mental note of how I'm feeling personally you know not always be on like this like you know I got to be up at five and I have to be at the gym at this time and then I have to eat at this time and you know yeah. all that stuff you know I I just go off of how I'm feeling and and then I also plan around what kind of day I'm having. So like today, I'm just driving. I'm not doing anything, you know, extraordinary. I'm just driving my motorhome. So I'm probably just going to take it easy, eat light, um, easy to go to sleep and get good rest, etc. Now, Friday and Saturday, I'm going to have two big days of racing. So I'm probably going to eat a lot more. I'm probably not going to walk all over the racetrack or like walk every from the pits to the to the concession stand or whatever i'm probably going to ride my four-wheeler to save my energy and do things like that that way i can keep well rested and eat foods that keep me feeling good and strong throughout the night so i can perform well on the racetrack makes a lot Dude, of that is inspiring yeah. that really is i love your commitment to this i really do that's yeah. that's fascinating that's fantastic you mentioned that you and hannah Thank were you. making some some burritos in in the motorhome is that something that's really helped you with nutrition is having the motorhome i know when i ran the tour a million years ago i think you know eating was a hard thing to do you're eating concession stand food or you're eating fast food at a truck stop it was really hard to keep track of your nut- nutrition has the motorhome helped that uh yeah the motorhome definitely definitely helps that I, mm-hmm. I you know it's a home on wheels so you definitely can utilize different um yeah it definitely helps for yeah. sure um but you know on a day like today where you're traveling and you don't have a lot of time and it's a big distance you know to your destination you just kind of want to get to your destination yeah. so like yesterday there was a bird king in the truck stop and i was feeling pretty hungry so what the heck? I go in there and I get a Whopper and I call it a day. You know what I mean? I don't. So I do that stuff. I I you know I eat quick and go. But then when I'm gonna be set put at wherever in Visalia for probably most of the time in California, I'll probably eat the way I I would prefer to eat. And now it's where the motorhome becomes nice because you can cook on the stove or you have like a little toaster oven to bake stuff and then, you know, your microwave. So you have all your uh, tools, you know, to eat the way you would like. Yeah. It is, that is awesome. 
That is fantastic. So uh, I, I absolutely love your passion for the details of your life, the, the, the book a month. And uh, I'm, I, I actually, reading is something, and I actually talked to NASCAR driver Eric Jones. He does a reading initiative, and I'm not as aggressive as you. I'm doing a book a quarter, uh, one book every three months. And so, but, but I, I love that, and I respect it. And uh, can't wait to see what you have out in California this weekend and on throughout, Jacob. We appreciate you taking some time, and uh, we'll let you get back on the road. And uh, thanks for joining us though here on wing nation yeah no problem hopefully the next time i talk to you we're talking about me winning so that's that's, that's, that's the goal man that's right we'll do that we'll dial you up right after that happens sounds good sounds good man thank you guys safe travels absolutely two totally different styles Mm -hmm. with lance and jacob obviously two totally different generations two totally different backgrounds two totally different everything but the attention to detail yeah is very similar Mm-hmm. with with you know with with everything and and with you know with with Lance we talked a lot about the car but with Jacob we talked a lot about his body yeah and what he does and you have someone yeah we didn't talk to Lance at all about fitness but you have Lance who's giving you all these statistics and numbers and Jacob's not it's how I, how I feel. feel I don't even have my phone charged half the time right really neat to hear I I and yeah. I love I mean we we all I mean I think I think there's a tweet like everyone loves Jacob uh, you see that tweet all the time. I mean, it's yeah. like, yeah, who doesn't love Jacob Allen? Um, and it's just, it's his passion for it is unreal. Yeah. And he's talked to me a lot about, you know, fitness, not a lot, but occasionally we've yeah. talked about the running and the stuff that I'm doing. And uh, he always says, I want to go run with you. I said, dude, you ain't going to run with me. You're going to run way ahead of me. <laughs> and then you're going to be well rested. You'll be able to have a Whopper and a hey, fries. Hey, your time's been improving. I've been, I, see, I've been, I see your social I've been, media posts. I've been, yeah. I've been working on it. I've been working on From it. But I'm not Jacob. From when we did the 5K. Yeah. And I, oh, I yeah. see your I'm time's not, improving. But I'm, not, but I'm not Jacob or one of these racers. So that's <laughs> for sure. Nor, nor will I ever be. But uh, great stuff. Always love catching up with Jacob Allen. Stay with us. More Wing Nation in just a moment. Circle B Diecast is the new diecast outlet from Plan B Sales. What started as a Lionel and Chase Authentics apparel distributor has grown into the largest distributor of diecast and now includes Auto World, Greenlight Collectibles, Brand Art, Sam Bass Artwork, and University of Racing Lines. They have a huge inventory. The folks at Circle B Diecast love racing, and they support drivers like Kyle Larson, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Christopher Bell, and many others with sponsorships and partnerships. On orders of $20 or more, use promo code MRN for free shipping. You can check them out at www.circlebdiecast.com. Aggressive Hydraulics provides solutions for virtually every industry that uses hydraulic cylinders. For instance, agriculture, construction, defense, emergency services, energy, food processing, forestry, marine, mining, railway, and even truck equipment. They design and manufacture mobile-style single-stage cylinders as well as multi-stage telescopic cylinders. It's a no-one-size-fits-all approach with Aggressive Hydraulics. Check out their story at AggressiveHydraulics.com. Yes, indeed. We love that you have joined us here on Wing Nation. We love that Lance DeWeese and Jacob Allen have joined sure us do. on Wing Nation. Man, I'll tell you what. Just you, you just. I love talking to our guys and gals. Yeah. I love talking to our racers because they're just such interesting people. Yeah, those are two you could talk to for a long exactly, time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then we tune in the weekend, whether it's Dirt Vision or Flow, and we get to watch them do their thing. And, you know... It's just, it's, I just love the details we get when we get a chance to talk to guys like that. I also love the details at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Birthdays, uh, later this week, Ben Krasner, 
Rex Mays, Troy Rutman, Johnny Rutherford, Al Gordon, William Windy McDonald, the old voice of uh, Manzanita. Uh, yesterday would have been the birthday of M.A. Brown, born in Hookah, Mississippi. He is a 2019 inductee into the Sprint Car Hall of Fame. M.A. Brown, a friendship, led him to racing, and he bought his first car, a jalopy, to race in Tupelo, Mississippi for $12.50. Wow. A jalopy in Tupelo. A now jalopy a- in Tupelo. <laughs> I can't even say that. If it was a jalopy in Sepulpa, then it would be even be better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about that. Jacob had said he'd stopped and bought gas. He's probably paying uh, much for about two gallons of gas as that, that jalopy cost. Uh, You're not kidding. M.A. Brown. Um, after, after World War II, he was uh, ran a, worked at a sawmill and then started his own trucking business. Now, here's where this gets interesting. 1959, mm. he moved to McKenzie, Tennessee. Now, we all know someone who's in McKenzie, Tennessee. We sure do. And he bought his first open-wheel car. It was a Less Hill-built car. Hill-built is what they were called. But Les Hill had a young guy by the name of Jack Elam working on race cars. Yipper. Of J&J chassis. Mm-hmm. And, well, uh, that car, though, in 1959 was undefeated with Leonard Mann driving the car. That was a little better win percentage than Lance Deweese has <laughs> yeah. um, at Milam Speedway. Um, other drivers that M.A. Brown had wheel in his cars, Chuck Amati, Bubby Jones, Sammy Swindell, Ricky Hood, Bobby Ward, and Chuck Gurney. Pretty good list Pretty right there. List, and yes. he maintained a lifelong friendship relationship with uh, with Jack Elam, uh, J&J Chassis. Mm-hmm. So fun stuff. Uh, M.A. passed away in 2010, but he is forever enshrined off uh, from turn number two at one sprint car place at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, where they have ongoing their Triple X chassis Moyle Racing Engines 410 raffle, Aaron. Yep, it's the 14th raffle car, and all the proceeds go to the Hall of Fame. It's $20 per ticket or 6 for for $100. So it's biannually. So the drawing is actually this coming December. Go to www.sprintcarhof.com for more information. As fired up as I am about what we've had on the show and what we saw last weekend, I'm more fired up about this coming weekend. Um, three weekend stress in California this week. They're at Tulare. I'm just anxious to see what the score is. Yep. Um, I think it was Dominic last or a couple weeks ago or um, Shane Golubek. Yeah. Uh, somebody said, uh, I think we can be competitive. And I think you take a um, you take a Justin Sanders at uh, Ocean. You take this guy here, that yeah. guy here. Uh, Mitchell Facinto and that Tarleton car is going to be good no matter mm-hmm. where they go. Dom's going to be good no matter where they go. And those Katings. Those Katings, yeah. DJ Neto. <laughs> They're, they're throwing a lot of bullets yeah. at the outlaws. And uh, I just think this gets really, really good. Now, I hope I'm well, I'm going to be West Coast this weekend. I'm going to Phoenix. Ah, you're going to be on the right time. So I'll be on the right time. Oh, I'll even get to stay up and watch it. I'm going to have to take drink some Oh, and then this is the week. Yes, and then this is the weekend we spring forward, except for in Phoenix. They don't spring forward. My gosh, this is, you know. <laughs> So, um, but that's all right. We do that Saturday night after the World of Outlaws are done. Pennsylvania, all three of the main state tracks are up and running. Saturday, it's Lincoln and Port Royal. And Sunday, as Lance mentioned, the Williams Grove season opener. If it doesn't snow. If it doesn't snow. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, going to be a big, big weekend. And then, if I'm not mistaken, next weekend, Attica opens. No. I think that's next weekend. Ohio so, I think, I think Rex is, Rex is uh, you know. 
shoveling the snow off in the grandstands. It's like, um, so it's going to be great. That is for sure. Uh, Hey, you can follow along with us on social media all along the way on all of our platforms on Twitter, on Facebook. We have a page and a group and our YouTube page has many, many, many of these plus old interviews that we've done over the course of time. We've been doing this now. This is our 11th year. There's a lot of folks we've chatted with. So if you're binging, binge on wing nation. Yes, indeed. Uh, Coming up on Thursday, we have got a continuation of our podcast series, so we hope that you check that out. Each week, we do a brand new podcast, whether it's Aaron, whether it's Ashley, or whether it's yours truly. We've got those. We've also got those archived as well. And then coming up this weekend, Wing Nation, presented by Sage Fruit on our television programs on um, um, Rev in Canada Wednesday night and Mav TV on Saturday morning. Sheldon Hoddenshield joins us. Mm. Great, great visit, Ashley, and I have a Sheldon. a good start this season. Yes, he is. Two times win, win, and five races. Yeah. He's got that's a 40% winning percentage. Yeah, look at that, Lance. Look at that, Lance. <laughs> Sheldon's got a 40% winning percentage. So that is coming up this weekend. Sheldon Hoddenshield joins us. Again, we appreciate Lance DeWeese and Jacob Allen for joining us. More important, though, than all of that, thank you for joining us here on Wing Nation. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc.